Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car ahead here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door bumper clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, Spider the 88 Cup car, the 7 Xfinity car, and the 29 truck. Joining me, Brett Griffin, Spider, Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler. Yeehaw! Just left Texas. And it's KB, and I am not a spotter, but spotter's hey lives matter. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, that's better. We should have a vote spotter deal today. Vote for your favorite spotter. Favorite spotter. Yeah. I'll put it on Twitter. Yeah, we should do something. It's vote day. You guys get out and vote. Get off your ass and vote. I think we should have a most popular spotter vote, and there was a prize for it. Like a trophy. Yeah, like $10,000. <laughs> it's a trophy. It's the two of you on top of it. I don't like think a we need money. Cake. I think we need, like, free I would, stuff. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Would you, like a, would you like a free uh, autographed Elliot Sadler hat? How about some Hellman's mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah. I've got goodies powder. I'm actually thinking about way cooler free stuff than that. <laughs> like 65-inch flat screens or something. Yeah. There's one in the conference room. You can have it. Yeah. It's not working <laughs> you anymore. Have to get, you just have to go get it off the wall. Yeah. That's no problem. Hanging TVs. So, no so I moved last week and, and uh, sold my house completely cleaned out my house the people buying my house did a walkthrough the day before closing which would have been sunday we closed monday and they proceeded to tell me they had expected that all of the tv wall mounts would have been left in the home what well my realtor didn't tell me that the guy who does my electronics came and got all my tvs down and moved them he didn't tell me that. Clearly, I didn't know that. And I had like seven flat screens hanging in my house. So I got to go back to that electronics guy, get all those brackets, take them back to the house. I'm not paying for them to be hung back up. But you talk about being pissed off. Who uh, is bro- more pissed off, you or them? Well, I know I I don't know about <laughs> them, but I'm worried about me. Like, are you kidding me? Who Did you know if you moved out, you were supposed to leave the brackets on the wall for your TV? Uh, you know. Aren't they different? Per, like, manufacturer? I just viewed it as... I would leave mine. I just viewed it as a picture. Like, this is my picture. This is all my stuff. And this is my bracket and my... Like, it's not like... You paid for the bracket. Yeah. It's not like the... What's that stuff you call curtain rods and crap you women want when you buy a house? Yeah. Wall sconces and crap. 
Yeah, like y'all y'all put in your little contract that all that stays. Well, I didn't see TV bracket. You should fire your realtor. See, I would almost leave mine just because to get them down and put them back up. Yeah, but they're expensive. Well, you put that into the deal, though. You say, you well, know, I didn't know it was in the deal. Well, you negotiate with that because that's pretty decent. Like, those are, it's not hard to put them up, but it's kind of a pain because you got to find the studs and stuff. I've hung a lot of TVs. It's, and it's expensive to buy the bracket. The brackets are, they've come down a little bit, but they are expensive. I mean, you're going to spend... That's Depending irritating. on the size of the TV, you're going to spend fifty to a hundred dollars per bracket. Did you find anything when you were packing up and moving that you hadn't seen in a while, or you lost, <laughs> no. or like random crap? Yeah, we can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, man, you uh, you, you do find a lot, you know. Like what? An example? Uh, I can't go there. Yeah, just an example. <laughs> you don't have to say what you found. Um, Maybe something similar. I did find my fourth grade report card. What? Yeah. You still have that? I found some really cool old Dale Earnhardt shirts that I wore when I was a kid that we found the last move, and then we proceeded to lose them. How long were you in the, this we, last house? We found them again. Only three years. And so I got Jeez. Bodie. I got. I was like, Bodie, you like these shirts? And he's been sleeping in them every, Aww, sleeping in them every night. He's that cute boy. Yeah. So it's been cool. Anyway, moving sucks. On to the show. Yeah. Sorry. So welcome to the Exalta studio. Yeah. Thanks, Exalta. And like one normal. main financial... Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. I got I got I got to show TJ something here real quick. So Is it safe for work? As part of the move, I have a bear that I killed that was a 300 pound bear and Where and I also have I also have my first buck that I killed up at Elliot's place. So I didn't have room in this rental house to store these things. So last night I put them in Doug's house. Doug spots for Tommy Ball yeah. and spots for Regan Smith. So last night Doug sends me this picture where he is being violated by the bear and the deer at the same time. <laughs> Kristen, TJ is, has Kristen, no you words. See this. Look. Okay. Look. <laughs> Not only that, he has added a Snapchat filter to his yes. face. So he's been over he, in front of the bear. Up, is he hard up for action? He's been over in front of the bear, and I don't know what the deer's doing. Giving him. <laughs> Look at his dumb pajama pants. I'm, I'm more concerned about the pictures on the wall are crooked. This is why. This is why. See, see, girls have this whole strange theory of why they can't see their guy's phone. This is why girls can't see guys' phones because the stuff that's on them is not. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen. Doug Campbell, that's a very good picture. That's well thought out. There's time put into that. I was like, man, this is the most creative. And someone took the picture for him. That is true. Yeah. He's not, that's not a selfie. I hope no. it's a girl. Those pictures are super creative. How awesome would it be if he had a selfie stick stuck <laughs> out at the same time? Why? Oh, God. Why has he been over? Are his pants down? Yes. Is that his ass cheek? Yeah, that's a, that's a cheek. <laughs> he pulled oh, his pants down? Oh, he's, look. He's got a whitey tidies. Oh, look. my God. I can't see that. <laughs> Do you understand what's going on in the picture, Kristen? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. There's Herman Dictionary There's terms for this. deer and a bear. <laughs> the bear is behind placed. him. Yep. Oh. Yes. Catching and receiving. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not, we need still fan in here again. It's hot. All right, that, that's, that's tweetable. No, no, it, I can't do it. Okay. It's tweetable for you. <laughs> yeah, for me. not for him. Oh, God. all right. So we just got back from Texas. Oh, we did. He's got a filter on the head. You can't tell it's this him. Is... <laughs> it's like a panda bear or something. <laughs> it's a deer. It's the deer Snapchat filter, Ooh. and he's being enjoyed by a deer. <laughs> No, the the deer is enjoying. I yeah. hope our audience is. Yeah, I guess so. Oh God! Uh, so okay. Oh, 
I hope our audience can be as creative listening as Doug was filming. By the way, Doug, straighten those pictures up in the background. Sleep <laughs> <Just laughs> it up. My OCD You need a level. Me. You need a level. <laughs> well, there was so much action going on that they got hit. There's a lot of action going on between the Snapchat filter, the deer. That's a big-ass <laughs> bear. Can we get back to the bear? That's yours? You killed that thing? Yes. How much did it cost to get it mounted like that? Oh, uh, like fifteen hundred bucks. Really? I got a deal. Rawr. Yeah, Doug enjoyed every bit of it last night. That's the type of bear that you come around the corner and it comes out of the closet at you in one of them scary movies and it tackles the guy. Like yeah. it's up just like that. Oh my god, Texas. Texas. Yeehaw. How'd Clint do? I don't even remember. It was so late. <laughs> I mean, I didn't sleep good Saturday night. All jacked up from LH race because mm-hmm. obviously we're in this chase deal and. You get up at, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock, Saturday, Sunday morning, ready to race, then we don't race. Show them guys your picture. No. Come uh, on, man. Show them the deer. They'll laugh. <laughs> Texas, yeah. Um, I thought we ran okay. What'd you do in Texas? You do anything fun? Time changed. Yeah. Played Battlefield. Battlefield. I don't uh, even remember Texas. Texas. Yeah, it's a it's I got Chipotle for dinner and the lady in front of me paid for my dinner. Wow. Yeah. Did you pay for the person behind you? There was no one behind me. There so Chipotle what? gave her free dinner, and she was like, I'm going to pass it along. I'm going to pay for her dinner. I was like, you don't have to do that. I have pretty Oh, here. <laughs> and so she paid for it. But you could have actually just, like, left some money maybe. <laughs> what do you get for pretty diem? 25 bucks? Uh-huh. Why is our industry standard 25 bucks? <laughs> Who the hell can eat three it's meals not. for 25 bucks? That- Even if you get two free meals at the track. Breakfast and lunch, you still can't eat for 25 bucks. Especially no. like in Vegas. But that goes up as you get up the ladder. Like, it's weird. Like, it does. So I've what been do you in this get industry for 10 years. No, crew chiefs get like 100. It's like. They don't need 100. I don't they know, make man. $2 million a year. Yeah, listen. This math is going backwards. But what do spotters get? Same. 25. 25, yeah. <sighs> we got to yeah. fix this. Man, I, I drank $25 worth of beer a day. Yeah, that's four beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to find a happy hour. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> we uh, we ran okay in the race. We were decent, um, real fast at the very beginning. There, got up into the seventh or so, and we were from like sixteenth or so to seventh in the first you know twenty laps of the race, and then uh, just kind of we blew a tire. We blew that tire. Yeah, that was early. Yeah, we blew the second run of the race. We blew that right front, and we weren't even really hammering the top either. It was just kind of a yeah kind of a weird deal, and then. We had a. Uh, it took out a couple of our right front brake or uh, tire fans and stuff, and yeah. we couldn't. Um, we, we, ran, we ran okay, but we weren't. Um, weren't as strong after that. We were a top fifteen car. I mean, we actually we were a top, probably eight to twelfth place car if you could get there because there wasn't much passing. Yeah. Going on, um, you know, I think the most eventful part of our night was probably just pit road most of the time with Denny stopping behind us and stuff because he picked behind us. He lost his pit selection right. for that race. So he's pitting behind us. And we're stopping as deep as we can in the box. We have the sixth car in front of us. And <clears throat> late in the race, I don't know if you ever if you heard his interview, he talked about getting blocked in. The sixth car pits three laps down, right. coming in in front of us. And I tell Greg, I see him coming, I'm like, Greg, the sixth pitting. So that screws up our whole deal. Right. We're not there to cater to Denny. You know how to fix that? You don't have a you get your pick from your pit. You and yeah. you don't have a problem, then you don't have to pick behind a competitive car. Right. So, you know, we had the six coming around us and he's just going off about you know, next time we're gonna knock it off the jack stand or the knock it off the stand. I mean, come on man, we're in our stall. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Yeah. 
we got a guy coming in that parks at a 90 degree angle to get his tires changed three laps down you know what i mean yeah. so what do you want us to do but uh that was about the most interesting part of our night i think it's weird how as a fan i watch the truck race you know and you get to watch all these things play out as it pertains to the chase then on saturday we're in the chase race crazy intense then on sunday you know i've got a job to do spotting for clint but you still try to keep up with what's going on with the championship and i mean we've got on the cup side two guys that are in from wins and and then six other guys who still want to get in and two of them have to win and the other you know however many are left like it's crazy how tight the points are so if if you're a race fan nascar fan i think it's josh sorry if you're a nascar fan race fan like this is exciting right now your guy even if he's not in the chase can still win and you still get to watch the chase, so it's, it's It was cool, just man. interesting hearing Carl talk before the race about how he didn't want to put too much pressure on himself, and he's going to try to do the best, and then he ends up winning the race yeah. and clinching yeah. the spot. Yeah, well, the one thing I didn't get a chance to see, and maybe you did, is how Carl won the race off pit road. Because I find it – I was a little bit like, all right, the 78's got the lead, got good pit crew, and all of a sudden yeah. Carl beats him <clears> on pit road, and you're almost like, hmm. But I didn't see anything, and I didn't, you know, obviously hadn't watched the replay. Yeah, just good pit stop. I mean, they yeah. – he had been right in the hunt all night, you know, not quite fast enough to probably win the race, but he was right there. I mean, he he was competitive all night. Yeah. It wasn't – I don't think he was going to win if they don't come off pit road first. Yeah. I don't think he wins. But, know. you know, obviously he was fast enough that if you take – you could probably take – you probably could have taken us and put us up front. It would have been hard to get around us yeah. like anybody. But And Carl's obviously good enough. He's won there before. Yeah. So he's – um. Speeds are so fast when you run at night. Which yeah. makes it harder to pass. Makes a groove on the bottom. Yeah, makes that front spot even more important. It does well, and but good pit stop, and he go he into the chase. Thank God it rained and we got out of there early, though. I walked yeah. in my door at three forty-five. Yeah, four a couple minutes after four. Yeah, lifestyles of the rich, rich and, and famous. famous. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember Madeline waking me up. Lifestyles of the broken infamous. <laughs> Home at four o'clock. She woke me up, and I I, I remember her. I remember it a little bit, but I I barely even remember her waking me yeah. up. So, yeah. Y'all ready for spot on, spot off? Yeah, I'll, let's do it. All right, Brett. Let's start with you. Austin Dillon comments on Harvick wrecking him. Silver Spoon Kid. Yeah. So this goes back a couple of years ago when Harvick was leaving RCR, and he and I think Ty got into it a little bit in a Xfinity race, and he proceeded to call those guys Silver Spoon Kids. I, you know. Austin Dillon and Ty Dillon are great guys. They've they're they're good race car drivers, but let's face it, I'm not real sure they've ever worked a day in their life. You know, uh, they they grew up with what people would say a silver spoon in their mouth. Harvick didn't do that. You know, Harvick grew up the blue collar way in California and made his own way through racing. So, you, you know, I, I feel like Austin bringing this up in tongue in cheek says, "Hey, all right, I'm comfortable with it. I'm owning." The silver spoon thing, you know, maybe I didn't work as hard as you did, but I'm at the same level. And, oh, by the way, I was passing you on the racetrack when I was wrecked or got wrecked or did wreck, depending on how you want to perceive that. So I think his comments are spot on, man. Good for him for uh, having some fun with it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad he remembers it. Spot on for, you know, remembering that stuff. And, and uh, it's good that he's got a memory bank for it. But, you know, like you said, he's been in grade A stuff since – He's raced, and, uh, you know, but one thing that doesn't help that type of, you know, I think Austin's making a making a name for himself now. He's kind of come come around the last year or so. He's actually uh, shown quite a bit of improvement. So, 
making the chase this year and stuff yeah. like that, you know, and, and advancing in Sit it. Sit on the pole. Yeah, and, and if, even advancing in the chase one, probably most of us had him picked to be one of the first ones out. So, But what doesn't help is, like, the Richmond stuff. Whenever you're on the radio hotline about, you know, where's my team owner, or, you know, it, it, that doesn't – that doesn't do very. That doesn't look good. It makes you look like you're going back and trying to use that privilege to, because, you know, I we've raced teammates and never once that have I ever heard my, you know, my driver come on there and ask for the car owner to do something about it. So you got to, and I know he's still got some learning to do, and he's definitely maturing a lot. So, um, but yeah, spot on for him for remembering it and and paving his own way a little bit now. He's starting to break free of it a little bit. And, and yeah, uh, I mean, TJ's making a good point <clears throat> for really this to almost be spot off, like, you know. It's like man up and stop being the kid, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're laying down. <clears throat> I'm picking it up. Yeah, you can't you can't say it's not true, then go back and try to use it. Yeah, you know, he was kind of paving his own way and getting free of all that, and then you still go to Richmond. He's, uh, you know, you want you want a freebie. Yeah, you bring it all back up. You bringing it all back up. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. Edwards advances to Miami on a rain shortened race. Um, you know, spot on. They did everything they could do again. NASCAR has been great this year about rain stuff. They knew when it was going to rain, and they worked hard to get that track dry. I'm not going to lie. They, I mean, we all kind of, you know, there when it was raining for a little, we pretty much all had it, and we were trying to figure out where we were going that night. So, you know, they worked hard to get it dry, and and it's just part of our sport. We we can't play it. We can't race in the rain, and we can't. You know, we all know that once it gets to that halfway point, our strategy can change. you got to start building your strategy for that. We've all got radar, and that's what makes it interesting. It keeps it up in the air. You never know. So I, I'm I'm uh, I'm spot on for a winning a range shortened race. Yeah, uh, Carl Edwards feels like he's probably owed one. You know, he tied Tony Stewart for the championship a few years ago. Tony won the tiebreaker. And in Phoenix of that year, Jeff Burton was running third in the race, and Tony Stewart was running fourth. And Richard came over the radio and was like, "Hey, Jeff, you know Tony's Tony's catching you." And uh, Tony proceeded to pass us, get that point, and then he needed that point to ultimately tie Carl in Homestead, and Tony won the tiebreaker. So Carl probably feels like he's on owed one, and he had to win this race. He wins it. I think it's spot on for him. I think it's spot on for the other guys that are going to ultimately be in this final round because of the eight that were eligible this round, I think Carl's the weakest. Yeah, and uh, also a rain-shortened race when you're that far. No, that's a long race. We've ran enough ra- we we ran enough laps to have a race, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, you know those guys won the race off pit road and and did what they had to do. We all knew the we all knew it could happen. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't do anything. And if it goes back green, they're in trouble. Yes. Big so trouble. they are not going to win the race if the thing goes back green because enough of us had pitted behind them that we were going to be going. Eating them up. Yeah. So, yeah. Spot on, spot off. Johnny Sauter gets back-to-back wins in the truck series. I don't know how you spot off it, you know. Yeah, he's doing work, man. Yeah. I mean, he's locked in. I, I think the cool thing about a guy like Johnny Sauter winning back-to-back is he probably kept somebody else that was going to be a winner out of it from a That's point That's the thing with these chase deals. That's what it does now. Mm-hmm. If we go to Phoenix and Johnny wins again, he's basically just – I mean, he's kind of keeping a, a pretty good contender. You know, someone else will still get in, but he's yeah. keeping – He's keeping the guys who've had trouble that have needed to get in on points out. They can't yeah. get in. So, yeah. And I'll tell you something. That, so Johnny Sauter's teammate is – 
Spencer Gallagher, right? Rico and Spencer. Spencer okay. had a dominant effort. So what do you think – what truck do you think Johnny's going to go to Homestead with? Yeah. My guess is they're going to – you know, Johnny's – Swap them. Yeah. I mean, Spencer's truck was – Crazy fast. Yeah. Did you see how what he did in Victory Lane? Like he did the – well, oh, like yeah. Like an Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a little bangles thing. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR starts the Texas race under caution. Please stop singing that song. Spot <laughs> off. Because they waited 45 minutes too long to do it. If we had started the race under caution, we ran 30-plus laps. We ran 30-plus parade laps. That meant absolutely nothing. Like, throw the green and yellow. Let us start the race. If we had done that, we might have finished the race, man. I'm, I don't know, man. My radio chatter was, "What the f- are we doing? Why are we not going green?" Uh, yeah, I, you know, we normally get roll off a of pit road, and it's usually the third time by we get the green. I think after that, you start counting laps. You have a set deal at short tracks. It's the fourth time by. Mile and a half is the third time by. After that, it's the green yellow. Pick the pace up, keep them single file, but we need to be logging laps after that. Yeah, I'm down with that, man. I I just think I'm a fan. I'm in the stands. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm a fan at home. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, yeah. Let's go. We're on the roof and we're like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> spot yeah. on, spot off. Mike Lynette will join Junior Motorsports in 2017 as the fourth full time entry. I'm spot on of Josh spots it. <laughs> no, spot on. It's going to be a, a competitive year for Junior Motorsports next year. I mean, I, you know, it's great thanks for the company. And, uh, you know, spot on to all the people working on these deals and putting them together and making this all happen, too. I mean, it's tough to do in this day and age. And to have full or to have four fully funded cars. Xfinity driver fully funded cars. Yeah. It's big. But that's, yeah. So... Um, yeah, that's great. I'm going to say spot on, and, I, and I'll say it because we've coupled it with the rule change that's coming. Like, where our four guys are going to run all the races. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about plugging and playing cup guys. You know, we're, we're fully funded. We're, we're, we've got guys that can drive race cars. Michael Annette, I've actually gotten to know him a little bit this year. He flies on the, the same plane I fly on. And, uh, man, good dude. Probably hasn't ever had the chance to be in great equipment like this. This is opportunity to say, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm a talented race car driver. Watch this. Now, we've got to build a new team from scratch, right? you got to get a new crew chief, a new engineer, a new tire guy, a new shot guy. There's things that have to happen. So there is somewhat of a learning curve. But by May or June, we're going to find out if this kid can drive a race car, and I think he can. You know, I don't. I don't think it's going to be as big of a challenge, but you know, to build the team because we've got a lot of we've got a lot of people here, and and um, you know, if the truck team, though, you know, if the truck team does, I don't know if we're running the truck team yet or not, but they'll probably pull people from that. We kind of teased people last week that we were going to have a fourth <clears throat> team. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So they probably pull. You know, you got a basically team intact already. Yeah. There, so I'm. It probably won't be that hard. But well, it's there's a, talent there. There's talent at Hendrick. You know, there's, oh, there's ways to there's ways they, to they've move got, people. Yeah, and but like you said though, it's a great opportunity for him to. He's kind of been in the shadows, and you know, um, and in the way, and um, no, I'm just kidding. Who is his spotter? <laughs> Do you know his spotter? Spotter now is Rocky Ryan. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that you know means. I mean, will he come with Michael? I don't know. You know, the driver know. typically has the say when who their spotter is going to be. A younger driver doesn't always have that say because they don't know what they need. You know, so I, I would yeah. certainly think he'll have some influence on who his spotter is. I would hope so because the last thing you want 
is is a spotter that you don't trust or like. I mean, right. yeah, you know, I think when we all heard he was going cup race, and we were all like, you know, he's probably not ready for that. That's definitely not the right direction. But I'm glad he's able to come back and and uh, getting good equipment to, you know, like, look, I can do this. You know, give me the right equipment and watch. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be fun to see. Let's take a break. Kit cat break. Hey, Junior Nation, now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. You are live on Junior Motorsports Upfront. Tune in to Dirty Mo' Radio every Thursday as Jonathan Davis and I talk about everything Junior Motorsports, welcome guests, and more. Well done. Good you like job. That? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so we are going to go into fast lane. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate and alternate who responds first, and they will each get 30 seconds. So starting with Brett, you're up first. With Jimmy Johnson and Carl Edwards locked into the final round of the Sprint Cup chase, what are your predictions on who the other two drivers will be? Man, it you know, we're going to Phoenix where Harvick and, and Bush certainly run well. Everybody has Harvick winning the race. I think of the last eight races, he's won six, finished second once. Dominant, dominant guy. It's hard not to include him, and it's hard not to just think Kyle Busch is going to be a badass there too. So I, I fill my four out with Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. That's low. Yep. We need some bear. We need a bear. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be hard not to – you know, everyone's pretty much given Kevin Hart with the checker flag in Phoenix, but I'm not so sure on that. He's had a lot of good luck there, and I'm not sure it's going to keep being able to continue, man. I think he's going to, you know, it only takes one bad pit stop, and we, we've definitely seen that can happen to anybody. So, you know, I'm not giving him the checker flag yet, but I think it'd be a benefit to anyone to, you know, it, it's going to, Jimmy and Carl are going to breathe easier if Kevin does not win. Yeah, Phoenix. Here's the thing. Jimmy Johnson and their Hendrick teammates are going to race Harvick extremely hard. Kyle Busch, Carl Edwards, the JGR Toyota camp, they're going to race him extremely hard. Austin Dillon. Because they want to keep him out. And then there's this Austin Dillon <laughs> factor and the question of whether or not he may give him a little nudge, you know, and race him really hard. So a lot of unknowns going into this thing. With one more speeding penalty, Denny Hamlin could tie the record at 11 with the last 10 years of speeding penalties on pit road. What is the best way a spotter can help his driver with this issue? TJ. Uh, There's only one person that can really fix this issue, and that's the right foot of the driver. If you know your speed limit is 4,500 RPM, you're already five mile an hour over the speed limit. If you know you have a problem with speeding, why not just run 4,400 or 4,300? Is that eight feet that you're going to give up worth 30 positions? It's risk-reward. And, and as a spotter, you can remind them, hey, Denny, pay attention to detail. Watch your RPM. They also run lights. Two lights means you're good. That third light lights up. It means you're speeding. That doesn't mean you're going to get a speeding penalty because you can slam on brakes and give back the time in between those segments. So the spotter can help. Ultimately, the driver's got to fix the problem. Yeah, you can. We all hammer our drivers when they get on pit road, you know, what your RPMs are. Your lights nowadays, we use lights, but. Man, if you know you got a problem with it, I would just start from the beginning. When when they put the piece of tape on a dash, 
with the RPM, the driver looks at that more than anything, probably. R make it lower than what it is. Yeah. The points battle is very close right now in the Xfinity series, and after Phoenix, four drivers <laughs> will compete for the championship. What do you tell your driver to keep him calm and focused? You know, you really have to race your race this weekend. You have to know who you're racing. You have to know what the point situations are. You can't do anything stupid. So for us with a one car, we need a top 15 finish to get out of there, which means these guys have to have good pit stops. We have to have a good car. You can't get speeding penalties under green. You just have to pay attention to detail and do your job. But you still just got to go out and run the race. If you get caught up thinking about mistakes, you're more likely to make a mistake. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you just you just try to keep them calm, man. Because when they get wound up, they they slow down. And Justin's very good at staying calm and collective and knowing what he needs to do. Um, so you know, I, we just the best thing you can do is keep them updated on what's going on and what needs to be done. And you just race your race your guts out and hope you make it. Elliot will call me at some point in the weekend or we'll go to dinner and he'll fuss at me about what I've got to do right. So I may not know exactly what i got to do right now, but by the time we go green on Sunday, I'll know what he wants me to do. Team Penske IndyCar driver Simon Pagano said he would like to race Noble Race for NASCAR. If this were to happen, do you think he would be competitive or would he get in the way? Simon who? Pagano. Who? <laughs> um, I do not think he would be competitive. I just – it's really, really hard to go from – I've watched drivers do it. You know, we've seen Danica try to come in there and do it. The only person that's been remotely successful at it is Tony, but Tony has had a background of sprint car racing, all sorts of other stuff. I don't think you can take a straight-up IndyCar open-wheel guy and put him into a cup car and be competitive. Here you go. This guy backing in the fence, first <laughs> lap. He's got yeah. no chance. You take a world-class talent like Juan Montoya. He made the crossover. He came in. He ran well at Indy. That's really the only oval he did extremely well at. Otherwise, man, he he struggled a lot. And I, and I think to TJ's point, Tony Stewart is a God-given race car driver. He's racing Jesus, so this guy can do anything. <laughs> Simon Pagano, bro, stay where you at. Yeah. I just It's just so hard. The downforce levels are so different. It's such a unique driving style for an Indy car. I think our guys could get into an Indy car and be somewhat competitive. Kurt Busch showed that. Yeah. So, But yeah. it's just – Nothing against them, but they're that's they're they've learned one driving characteristic their whole life, you know, and it's just not doesn't translate very well. Do you notice all the sparks coming off the cars at Texas? Yeah. Holy cow, it's like a fireworks show on the restarts there in a the couple. Yeah, I uh, I asked our engineers if we could put more stuff underneath the car to make it look cool. Yeah. So different colors. Fireworks. It was you unbelievable. Know, you might even be able to do that. Might be a strategy at nighttime like that. You just put like a whole bar like of something that sparks real good just create like a whole wall of sparks behind you that's and what it would be like. like they'll be scrambling wrecking and stuff the first the start of the race i was like yeah i mean i was scared they were wrecking because i've never seen that many sparks yeah. at the same time like usually you'll see a this was where'd it come from they're grinding those right side skirts they're slammed to the ground yeah there's all sorts of stuff dragging underneath there the off-the-wall topic, Nintendo is releasing a mini version of their original NES system. What was your first video game system and your favorite game? Man, my first video game system was a Commodore 64, and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then I won a talent contest. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Break dancing? No, clogging. <laughs> and I won a talent contest <laughs> at Clemson University, a place <laughs> I despise. They paid me $200 cash. And I took that 200 bucks and bought me a little Nintendo with a Mario Brothers thing. That's and awesome. It was fun. I uh, 
my first system was a ColecoVision. It had the uh, joystick at the top, it was, and it had a complete number pad. It had a complete number pad on it, two triggers on the side, and I think the, th- the only thing I played on it was, like, Pong. Yeah. yeah Ataris pretty, were freaking awesome, too. I sold a four-wheeler one time to buy a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had a, the Atari had a what? A four-wheeler. I thought you said a bullet. <laughs> the Ataris had one joystick and one button. Yeah. They were super fun. But the first gaming system I remember coming out was at Commodore 64, and it was like in DOS. And I've never was, even heard of that. It was awful. DOS. Yeah, the ColecoVision, it was it was pretty bad, too. It, the cords on the remotes were like phone, old phone cords and stuff. You actually yeah. had to plug in like that, and you'd be like, you'd get crossed up with your friend over there. You're like, get over here, and it'd wind up. And Then you had, uh, you know, games like Pitfall came out, and you had Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Like, Tecmo Bowl, like, yep. Like, eventually well, games got awesome. They did, and, and then the arcade games got Castlevania, awesome. Bike. What I don't understand now is our home games are phenomenal, and our arcade games suck. Yeah, that they're the only good arcade games now are are there is no real good ones. No, the only thing good about the arcade system now is the ones that go and have like two hundred games in them, and you can go find some of the old ones some or something. Ones, but yeah. there's no um, original Pac Man. Yeah. There's no, like, HD, like, you're not going to walk up and, like, oh, I'm going to play Madden on this game. Let's go play Madden on this right now. I know. Let's go. You know, there's none of that. Remember the four-person uh, four little buggy game? Off-road? play in the malls? Yeah. Well, remember what Off-road? What the hell happened to those Remember awesome Ivan games? Stewart? Yeah. You get four of you lined up? No one up. goes to the mall anymore. They when you don't. would go into the corner. They don't. They shop online. I shop online. Yeah, I would. So like, much can't. cooler online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you say jingles for a side job. To get to the mall now, Ooh. you have to sit in traffic for an hour to even get to a mall here. You, sit you don't in know where to pee when you get there. You don't know <laughs> yeah. where to go and the boys or the girls. It's a he, a she, and a shim. Yeah, and you there's know, you're like I don't know where to gunshots. Go. Can we Ring. say that? What about the gunshots? <laughs> I mean, just pee, people. God, I'm. I online shop. I yeah. I do get not want to be inconvenienced. Yeah. I'm so impatient. I mean, two days. I you wonder can have if people go to the malls anymore. Video games suck. Yeah, Amazon has gift wrapping now too, so you can just get all your for gift. real. Yeah, they've oh. done it for, and it's like nice, like Dude, it's you perfect. See my gift wrapping is awful. Oh, I know. <laughs> mine, I don't know if it gets worse than mine. It's like Mine's me pretty bad. It. I iron my shirt and it looks good, and I turn it over and it looks like damn tinfoil <laughs> on the other end. I'm like, how do you iron one side and it screw up the other it's side? It's a good yeah. thing you rarely have to wear like business clothes. Man, that's why you get your business. stuff out when you travel. You get it out, put it on a hanger, and you I hit think, it. I think Doug got his stuff out last night. He did. <laughs> on the rear. <laughs> you hit it with that Febreze stuff. The, Does no. that work? Yeah. The de-wrinkle stuff? But do you smell like a chick? No, it smells it's a, like it's fabric softener. Scent. Yeah, it's like it smells like fresh scent. laundry. I have sensitive sinuses. <laughs> if I smell I'm sure you do have sensitive sinuses. If I smell, <laughs> if I smell a bunch of stuff, man, I get a sinus infection. You yeah, you don't wear cologne. Nah, I smell good. I don't need it. <laughs> what was the first cologne you ever wore? Probably Dracar Noir. <laughs> oh, really? You started before that. I probably did. You know the oh. stuff we used to pour out of the bottle and then go. Old Spice? No, that like uh, musk for men. Remember that? Estee Lauder. <laughs> no, that like That's it was girls. real glass bottles. The best and stuff. smell. The only cologne like what I your can... dad or grandpa yes, wore. The shit and you that burned it. the hell oh, out of yeah. your face. Don't question my sexuality when I tell you this. But the I've only... never questioned it. Holla. The only <laughs> oh the only cologne I can stomach, which really means my sinuses can take, is very sexy, which is a Victoria's Secret men's cologne. <laughs> Josh, kiss my ass. It smells <laughs> awesome, and it doesn't tear up my sinuses. Now, do I'm you go to the mall to purchase that? Now I got a Victoria's Secret, <laughs> and I wear a really tight white tank top with good off 
cut off George with boots. <laughs> they like surf. He takes his. Uh, yes, ma'am. Can I get some cologne in here? <laughs> I need some cologne. I need some I, good smell of cologne. I have sensitive sinuses. I have sensitive sinuses. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, hashtag Ask DBC. Uh, producer Josh has chosen a few questions off of the interwebs to ask you two lovely gentlemen. At Travel Crazy asks, what were your first jobs? Well. Clogger? <laughs> my first job was I was a desk girl at Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I showed all the girls their panties. <laughs> Thongs. Thongs. You are thong, creeping thong. me out right now. <laughs> yes, the way you're that, both sitting you together. You look like, like about a 34C <laughs> yeah. girl. Let me show We got some padded bras for you. Mm-hmm. And buy one, get one free. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> We have these edible. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you take it bad, TJ always takes it worse. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> so what was your first job? Yeah. Uh, my first job was washing cars in Pageland. I didn't have a driver's license, but my sister worked at a, at a power company, and all of Sheila's friends would let me come get their cars and take them back oh, to my Sheila. house and wash them. And they would give me 20 bucks cash yeah. a piece. So I could do anywhere from three to four cars a day. And then I figured a trick out. If you take them through the car wash for two <laughs> bucks. I was going to say, I get my like, car wash for six bucks yeah. here. You could do it for like 10 a day. So I was like kind of yeah. screwing these ladies over because they were paying me 20. And I was I just basically went from a, a, a sale to a gross margin to a little bit of quicker time. Like I'm, Meanwhile, I'm he's driving. There's these cars around all day like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> the funniest thing I ever did is my neighbor also worked, and she was a sweet old lady. But she worked so you with take my advantage sister. Of her too? How her sweet. Na- her name was Sarah, okay? And her husband was out in the yard, and I'm in her car. And I look up and I notice her garage door opener is on the visor. So I just kept riding by, making the garage door go up and down. And I see this their husband, her husband Hazel, going bananas. He's like, "What the hell's wrong with this garage door?" And he was uh, a grumpy old man. I just keep riding by and I'd hit it again. He you're never figured worse. It out. You're terrible. You know, there's got to be some garage door openers that are on the same frequencies. Gotta be. Could you imagine how much fun that would be? One hundred percent has to be. That would be a lot of fun. So, first job, TJ. Well. Was that, I mean, my first job like that was uh, mowing grass. I used to mow grass right after school. I'd go up and uh, me and my best friend in high school would just, we had a handful of yards. We would mow once a week and make a little bit of money off that. And that was uh, pretty young there. That was maybe ninth ninth grade, maybe, something yeah, like that. 14, 15. And yeah, then I went from that to working with a contractor doing roofing for a summer. Which that was, sucked. Yeah, that was seven to seven every day. That, and was, I, that was a cool job, though. He gave me 140 a week. Wow. I thought I was rich. Yeah. Even though I, I'd come right home, eat dinner, and go to bed. Did you buy one of those rope gold chains <laughs> with your money? No. Just get your ear pierced? Bought a four-wheeler. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then I went from that to working for we Gateway. We stole four-wheelers in Pageland. <laughs> we didn't have to buy them. <laughs> I worked for Gateway after that, the computers. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I was a Walmart cashier. Yeah. You look like I don't a Walmart see you cashier. Walmart cashier. Well, I grew up in a really small town, so it was either there, like the pizza place, yeah, that everyone or the mall. So I worked at Walmart, and so all my friends were cashiers there too. Why so do fun. people wear pajama pants to Walmart? I don't know. The Walmart. The Walmart. <laughs> do you ever see that uh, People of Walmart website? Yes, we all have. No, I haven't. You have to go you to haven't? it. Haven't? No. Oh yeah, it's you can post comical. pictures of things you see at Walmart. I, that, like, I think we, we need to post that picture of Doug on it. Why don't we? Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy isn't in Walmart, but he looks. Yeah, he like looks he, like a Walmart. <laughs> this was in Walmart. Why don't we dress like Walmart people and go do a JRM 360? All right, tell I'm, Natalie. I'm down for that. 
be hilarious. Like I want it to be weird though. Like but I want we to gotta approach go. people and us make it like weird. We gotta go like <laughs> like try to make out midnight with them or something. We gotta go like midnight. <laughs> make it weird. Just go to the one in Mooresville. Well, yeah, we gotta go like when the. Listen, I've been to Walmart numerous so many times because that's the only time Dell Junior would go back in the day. At midnight. Yeah, like middle, like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And there's some unique individuals that do shopping at that time. <laughs> that's when we need to go. Yes, it's <laughs> and take Dale Junior. <laughs> That'd be even funnier. He might I mean, do it now. Yeah, he could probably do it now. He's pretty yeah. pretty social and out and about and stuff. Yeah, he's dehermitized. Dehermitized. Yep. He got pulled over the other day. I saw that <laughs> for speeding. So we were sitting in the car at like eight o'clock. Wait, you know, it got to track a little before that, and and me and Tyler Overshoot were sitting there. And we're like kind of wagering on when we thought Dale Junior said he was going to leave at seven for the racetrack to get there on time. And most of these guys aren't very punctual by themselves. So me and Tyler were sit there kind of wagering, like, you really think you left at 7? And I'm like, hell no, I don't think you left at 7. Because I know when you fly with him, if it's 7, if you're supposed to leave at 7, it's usually 7.15 when he pulls in. So, um, but he uh, was up and at it, ready to get to the racetrack. What do you do if you're a driver and they say, uh, driver's license registration? What do you do? Like, I'd hand him a helmet. I'd be like, here's my helmet, bro. Yeah. You can let me off. We good? We cool? Autograph? Hand him your hard card. Yeah. I got know. pulled over Case Kane one time. Did I ever tell you a story? Mm-mm. We're coming down the Pocono Mountain. He's running 100 miles an hour. Every time he would turn the car left, we were in one of those little PT cruisers. The front wheels would go, and I was like, man, we got a machine gun in this car. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I was like, man, we're going to jail because you're flying. So when we go to pull over, there's a little Sunoco gas station right there. He nails the curb at the Sunoco gas station. This is after the cup race. And I was like, well, now he thinks you're speeding and drinking. This is going to go well. <laughs> Guy comes to the window. He's a complete ass. He's like mean to Casey. He gets his information. He goes back to the car. He comes back to Casey's window, smiling ear to ear. Mr. Kane, would you like to tell me why you're going so fast? Casey's like, just trying to get to the airport. He said, well, Mr. Boyer had you by about 15 miles an hour. <laughs> Slow it down the rest of the way, please, sir. And off we went to the airport. But, I mean, That's those hilarious. guys, there's no way you give Dale Jr. a speeding ticket. He didn't get a ticket. He got a warning. Remember Kyle Busch going 190 over here? Yeah. On, <laughs> on Perth? Yeah. That's a windy country road, too. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't even know where on that road you could get going that fast and not be like, I'm going to land them trees on top of them yeah. in a minute. Like, <clears throat> and if that's me, I'm not driving for a year. I'm losing my license. Oh yeah, we're done for driving. Like I'm, you're gonna be, you're gonna be giving me a ride to this yeah. show. Unless yeah. you know Elliot. Elliot got me out of a speeding ticket. We've gotten everybody out of speeding <laughs> tickets. I just got a guy gives. And out he of a speeding is actually ticket. notoriously early. Listen, I've never been anywhere where he's been late to something. There's a difference between eighty and a sixty and a hundred and eighty and a hundred, <laughs> yeah, and a hundred and twenty, hundred thirty, and a forty-five or fifty-five. My car won't go that fast. <laughs> Yeah. It's a piece of junk. Oh, he, was, he was in that Lexus LFA, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in the new like Lexus. What's the Lexus. fastest you've been in a streetcar? Like on a road? On a road? Probably like 95. Really? Like you on was? a highway. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hell, I had my Jeep Cherokee up to like 110 on <laughs> I-40. 95? Oh, my God. Wow, we need to go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die. Well, so every day after school, whatever me and... 95? <laughs> Stop. My best friend would ride with me, and I had a little Nissan, and the thing was a stick shift, and it was bad. That yeah. thing would top out at like 103, so we'd go down this one country road every day, and I'd get a big run for it off the main road, and it kind of wide off, 
every day we would try to beat the previous day's speed. And I'm telling you, man, that thing would do about 103. If the wind was blowing right, you could get to about 105. Yeah. Like, it was like. Digging. I mean, it was. Ah, the thing was shaking and stuff. <laughs> we, need to get, we, we can't do it on the road because that would be illegal. And I've never done anything illegal. So we need to get to Statesville Airport and instead of just go out there and just haul Drag ass race. with you in a car. Because 95 is a joke. Uh, when would I need to do 100 miles an hour? Like I'm saying 95 on a regular road is still, like a country road, that's digging. Well, this is different, but people run 90 on the interstate. Yeah, I mean, if you get to a, like 100. Little, I just don't want to get pulled over. That's my deal. You get to a little over 100 on a country road, you're going to be like nervous. I think your assets will get you out of a ticket. Or Elliot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or your, that's an asset. Yeah, or your assets. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'd like to get out of the vehicle. Yeah. Do you really have to give me yeah, a ticket? Can I do a quarter turn to the left? <laughs> yeah. And then Excuse 15 me. seconds, another Excuse quarter me, turn sir. to the left. Excuse me, sir. Oh, don't mind this string. <laughs> uh, Falcatraz asks, what's your go-to travel item you can't leave home without? EpiPen for KB. Um, do you even travel with them? Yeah, I have them in my backpack, in, in the hauler. Hauler. Hmm. Everywhere. Uh... Shoot, man. Is this F Alcatraz or Falcatraz? I don't know. I think it's Falcatraz. I think it's Falcatraz. Oh. I have a whole backpack that I would not be able to leave home without. It's What's in it? Like Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> the whole store. Oh, yeah, because you're a nerd gamer at Cage night. Yeah, something like that. Stuff. Really? Is that funny? Huh? <laughs> no. I mean, I got a laptop in there, iPad, chargers, you know, and it, if I have mouse, keyboard, remote bot, or uh, Xbox remote so I can. Definitely yeah. my phone charger. Yeah. Josh is. Josh doesn't. He's always like within five feet of an electrical outlet. I try not to leave without my Crestor. You know, that's my cholesterol <laughs> medicine. I genetically have bad cholesterol. Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> but what happens is on Thursday nights, that's kind of my go out night and have fun night. I forget to take it every time because my alarm goes off at nine. Hey, Brett, take your Crestor. At night. Nine at night, mm. and I'm not in bed by nine at night on the road on Thursday. You know that's my travel day off. And Friday we don't have to be at track twelve. And Fridays, if you don't do a truck on Friday, being a spotter is like the easiest gig in America. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know how that works. I've done a truck for years, so I think I got to do one next year. We'll save that for another show. At Travis C underscore forty eight asked, do veteran spotters help out the new spotters when they have questions? Uh, yeah. Or do I you? Mean, yeah, them? like an example that <laughs> he's been talked about a lot on this show today, but like. Uh, Doug Campbell. <laughs> Poor Doug. <laughs> so Doug's new, and, you know, he was working with Regan this year, and I had worked with Regan in the past. So Regan uh, was used to how I spotted plate races. Their first race was going to be at Daytona. So he called and asked if I had any recordings of, like, a plate race where he could learn. I mean, uh, to me, that's, you know, that you like to see a guy into it that much, that they want to listen, they want to learn. Um, they're into wildlife. Um, they're into wildlife? <laughs> You get it? The picture? The picture. Oh. Yeah. I'm in the wildlife. <laughs> Sorry. That went totally over my head. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, but yeah, you like to see a guy and you never want to you never want to not help somebody because if they do a better job, you're sa- you're safer. There there there's only 40 of us in the world on any given Sunday. Period. So here's the thing. When you're a new spotter, don't come up there and act that stink because I promise you you're going to need help. You're not going to understand the lineup. You're not going to understand the penalty. 
you're you're going to want to learn from guys that have been doing this so long time. I was 23 years old when I started spotting. I was the youngest guy up there. You know, went and talked to some veteran guys and asked for help, asked for guidance. I've enjoyed mentoring some guys, you know, like Tyler Green, but I'm not going to go to you and say, hey, man, hey, Kristen, let me tell you how to help you. Like, don't come up there and, and be all arrogant because I promise you, you're not where you need to be when you yeah. first get there. You can't go from a late model race to a Daytona 500 and think you're going to have a chance to be good at it. It's not no. that way. And there's a – I don't know if you – some stuff happened this last week, and I won't use names, but some people – That means some, he's going to use a name. No, there's some <laughs> new guys in the truck series. They made some changes at uh, – they made some changes. Oh, um, Hamlin told it on this episode that you weren't in. Hamlin said that they fired uh, Rico Spotter. All um, of them but all one. Of, all of them but one. So the yeah. new guys for that them teams – They wrecked them. Well, they come up there, the spotters come up there, and what what you don't do now is is whenever – most of us have been doing this probably 10, 15 years, most of us. I mean, and we've been going to the same spots years after years after years. And you don't come up there a day before when you're a new guy and you just totally go and tape off a corner where you know five guys have been standing for a long time and these guys have won championships, won races. They're, you don't do that. And so a guy did that. Who did it? I can't tell you. Tracy Hines? Maybe. Um, and it, he taped off the end where there, you got other guys down there. You got Joey, Eddie, all them guys were in a row. You just you can't go down there. How'd they, they go? They pulled it up, moved it, and he come up there and got real mad. Oh, imagine and that. And decided he was going to invite them all to his car. Oh, they wanted to fight. Or had tea. <laughs> so, I like it. I like going to the car. But you know you don't you just don't do that you know you you have it you'll have a spot you just don't come up there and be like I'm the new guy here this okay. is all my what area. you mean you got a guy who used to race and think he's I mean I don't know you got again don't come up there being ass yeah you got to live with these guys every weekend I mean we spend twenty hours a weekend together we spent twenty hours on Saturday Sunday together at Texas but yeah I mean we all not for the most part there's get along. Gotta get yeah guys now best group we've ever had yeah. And we've been forced to get tighter as this as this has went on because you know the, we're just together more and we do you know the we still way. get mad at each other. TJ got mad at me during the race Saturday, Did and I? then I got mad at him. Oh yeah, you come down there, you pinch oh. me, you won't let me get. Okay, I said dang. Well, me. we about wrecked. And then the next restart, he makes it three wide on me. I go from sixth to sixteenth. I was like, okay, there's a difference in guess going. You think that's even? There's a difference in racing three wide and going in there like John West on somebody's door. I mean, damn. <laughs> Jeez. At Matt underscore Toasty asks, have you ever been to a Red Bull air race more directed at Brett? No, Clint came over the radio this weekend at Texas and said, I want to go to a Red Bull air race. Well, I think I do. So Shouldn't he be focused on driving? Uh, Clint is going down the backstretch talking about what's on the big screen. Like, yeah, this dude's a squirrel all over the place. <laughs> no, to answer your question, I have not been. I'm not an airplane guy. I don't like to fly. I have to eat Xanax and drink Crown Royal before I get on a plane. I've witnessed it. That's a joke, but I really do not like to fly. So I'm not, like, crazy over airplanes. TJ, we- do you, I mean, I don't know. Do they party at these things? Yeah, it's the like only- a huge event. It's a massive event. When yeah. this guy, when they bring that stunt guy to Sonoma, I, I'm scared to look. That yeah. helicopter's even worse than an airplane. That, these guys are nuts, man. And I don't I don't know if I want to be there because, man, if something goes wrong. You're dead. Yeah, there's gone. no coming back from that. Like, this isn't like, well, maybe he made it. No, <laughs> maybe he's not 600 degrees maybe, but he yeah. he's not coming back. Yeah. So I don't. It, and, you know, if I was going to go to anything, I'd go to that. Osh, where, what's that Oshkosh thing? Is Oshkosh? that where they slide, make them things and they go down that hill? 
What? Oh, no, that's not airplane. What's that? What's that thing where they were like a bunch of dudes are like Josh build them sleds and go down this hill and off this cliff thing and Bob sledding? No, you know what I'm talking about. Literally, have no idea what you're talking about. It's oh I man, we talking about air shows. So it's somewhat know. like an air show. <laughs> Red Bull like sponsors it. it basically. Yeah. At Tyler Stukesbury asks, what are y'all's current thoughts on iRacing and what it brings to the table for the sport? Um, I love iRacing. Brett's getting ready to be a good member of iRacing here. We're building him a computer. and uh, Who's we? Me. Oh. Me is we. Me is we. is me. <clears throat> and so we're going to build Brett a computer, and when you see him online in the off season, what, what, what is go a, ahead and hook him. <laughs> this is a better This is a better thing, and I'm going to say this. I've, I've been on iRacing a few times with TJ at his house, and the graphics, the, the drivability of it are amazing. Clearly you're not in a race car, but the simulation portion of it is phenomenal. Like what do you got to do if you're a fan and you want to get on iRacing? What do you, what do you, what's the best and most economical way in? You know the you know just build a computer. You can build a computer at really reasonable. It's not that expensive. I mean, it's it sounds expensive, but it's really not. You so don't, these mom and dads listening, if they want to get their kids on iRacing for Christmas, what do they need to do? How much money do they need to spend? Um, you can spend anywhere from you know twelve hundred, but you're not just buying a racing machine. You're buying a computer too. Like a computer is still a computer. It's going to be you know it's going to be good enough to do. If you're running video games on it, like iRacing, you're going to be able to do anything you want on that computer at you all you need to get with your iRacing buddies and let's come up with a promo code we'll talk about it the last show of the year and do it for people to buy christmas with man they already do christmas stuff coming up i know but, but we can promote it for them we can help them maybe maybe they can sponsor a part of it too or something that's what i'm saying yeah i just can't wait to, to hear your first rant about some guy wrecked you in a street stock race on iRacing i'm gonna pretty- take him to the car <laughs> me and tracy hines gonna tag team him. so you can have spotters <laughs> click in Maybe we can do that. You know, in the off-season, we can – maybe people can rent us for iRacing races. Yeah. Because you can go in there and, you know, and sign in. I can go in and spot for you. you got to just give me your password to spot. Oh, yeah. So I'll go in there. You can move – you can put that – yeah. You can put that camera anywhere you want in iRacing, like you, where you watch the replay, the live feed. You can move the camera anywhere you want. Yeah. So you could literally be, you know, 400 yards behind the racetrack looking down, or you can be – right above the car you know maybe we can i think what it brings for the sport though is these rookies you know they aren't going to get on an iRacing sim program and be able to get faster at a racetrack when they actually get there but what they can do is see everything visually that they're going to see so that when they get to a road course for the first time or get to martinsville for the first time or any of those places they know what they're looking at their brain has been trained to to actually see what they're about to experience yeah and it's not these aren't like just Hey, go, you know, artists, make this track. These are laser scan tracks. They get every bump. They get every they get every asphalt seam in the track. They get everything. They get they get the sign at the hot dog stand. Yeah. So, but the, to, you can learn these tracks, whether, you know, I don't know if you're necessarily learning the characteristics of the car, but like you said, you're going and learning these tracks. You're learning, and it has a lot of the same characteristics of, like, driving styles. Like, you know, if you drive into, like, get too shallow, it's easier to push up. You can learn stuff like that, whether you're going to learn, like, you know, setup can stuff. Can you rent a golf cart and ride around Talladega Anfield anywhere in the game? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> scan scan the boulevard. Yeah. See the tire guy with the suspenders. Yeah. So do you guys have any updates on the silly season? I, man, we I think we've seen some spotter stuff play out. You yeah. Know, uh, we don't get a lot of publicity in the media because it's not something that the media necessarily see as valuable. But, you know, Rick Corelli is going to spot for Eric Jones. 
that's kind of public information. That's a, a big move because you got a rookie coming in with an experienced spotter and a guy who used to race and, and to some degree was successful on his own accord. You've got Stevie Reeves going back to Paul Menard, uh, which leaves vacancies with, you know, obviously Kurt Busch and Brian Vickers – or not Brian Vickers, Brian Scott. But, you know, on our side of the sport, things are, are starting to happen. I still think there's a lot of spotter moves to, to – ha- last year we saw like 11 changes, which was the most we've ever seen. This year I still think we see five or six. You know, for whatever reason, man – you keep hearing Richard Petty's trying to change manufacturers and you keep not, you know, necessarily hearing who's going to drive some of these cars. And man, it's, it's, we're three races away from the Daytona 500. Mm -hmm. So these teams are really kind of almost now getting in a pickle because there's a lot to get done in a short amount of time. Yeah. I think, I think you hit basically all the, the um, main ones on the head there. There might be a few lower end deals that swap with a couple teams that are going away and a couple teams that might be starting. So yeah, You'll have a little bit of that. Biggest question on on the high profile side is what does Greg Biffle do? Yeah, yeah. what what is Greg Biffle going to do in 2017? And I, I don't know that he knows yet. I mean, you hear him to the second JTG car, you know. It just I think that's the big question. You know, everybody else I think affects guys like Casey Mears, Michael McDowell, not necessarily you know yeah A level guys. Yep, as well as the uh, series sponsor. Yeah, well, series sponsors a big deal, and I mean, I actually for the first time kind of asked around this weekend, and I don't think there's a lot of news on that. So, you know, but again, I mean, we talked about it on the show. NASCAR can be selective, and they need to pick the right partner. They don't need to fire sell this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think they're playing it right. You know, do it right and get the right sponsor for the sport. You know, don't just pick the highest bidder right away or yeah. whatever you got. You know, do it right and get get the right sponsor for the sport. Y'all have anything you want to rant about? Mm. I don't think you know, so. I was telling, I was talking to, Phoenix. I was talking to uh, Josh before you got in here, and, and people, I was listening to some XM race racing shows, and everyone's got new ideas for these rain delay things. This not broke. No, nothing of this rain stuff is broke. No, They're so, doing exactly no. what they they've done a, the best job I can remember in years on rain stuff this year. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, the races we need to keep it at fifty percent. We all know that. Yeah. It's strategy, man, and yeah. it makes it interesting. Yeah. So there's no way we need to sit out until Tuesday to run 30 laps. No, I think this is a question is, do you think Texas should be repaved because of the extensive rain delay? I don't. I don't either. I don't either. It's gonna, part of that track. It's yeah. characteristic of that track. You're I don't gonna, think a track needs repaved because it takes longer to dry. The The biggest struggle drying there was the front stretch, and honestly, if they repaved it, it wouldn't change the racing. So, like, yeah, if you want to repave it, repave the front stretch. I was thinking stretch. about that today, but honestly, I would just – just leave it alone. Yeah. It's, fine. I don't. It it's not like it rains every time we go there. And when it does rain, a mile and a half should dry in two and a half hours. It takes that one five. But the sun wasn't out, you know, at all, all weekend. You so. know what I wouldn't be against, though, is something like uh, something along the lines of um, like a baseball game, have some sort of mechanism right at the base of the fence on top of the tire barrier. And, I, you know, and something that they can attach every race weekend um, throw it on an eighteen wheeler, take it to the next track or whatever, and something that we could, you know, all right, bring them down pit road. It's getting ready to rain real hard. Yeah, pull it out over the bad areas real quick. Like right. corners, I don't really worry about the corners that much, but somewhere like Texas, put it on the front, run out there and pull that thing across to the grass. Yeah, do as much as you can to keep the track dry in the bad areas. It, you know, you know they, them baseball guys cover that deal up quick. I know quick. it's a smaller area, but we don't need to do the whole track. No, we only got two shows left. Yeah. Two shows, two shows. Boats and... 
<laughs> so it's yeah. been awesome, man. All these guys have been listening. We've got over 150,000 downloads on the show. That's, that's impressive. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is Averaging lot. between four to 5,000 listens a, a week. Yeah. We're, we're the second most popular podcast on Dirty Mo Radio, which had its own paint scheme last weekend. It did, which was badass. I know. I yeah. wanted to win with it so bad. Yeah. I don't understand why the Mike Davis didn't like put the shows on the hood and like tone on tone or something. Yeah, man. I thought he was a creative guy. I wanted to see our heads on the hood. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need to do next year. That'd be cute. My avatar needs shrinking, by the way. I've lost weight since we did that whole thing. (laughs) I think it'd be awesome. I can't sleep at night because of the way that looks. Do you have any rants, Kristen? No. Josh. Who are you talking to? Will. He's uh, going to be here with uh, Elliot's bus in a few. Today? Yeah. Will's got a knee problem. He's getting shots in his knee. Yeah, I told him I'm going to buy him a cane. Cane. He's hobbling around he everywhere. He doesn't need a cane. He'll be hit somebody with it. That'll be another <laughs> issue on my plate. <laughs> hey, Brett, uh, Will's in jail. He hit somebody with his cane. Can you get him out and get the bus to Phoenix? Yeah. Here Call Will. 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 I thought he were going to go off about the football game last night. Did you end up losing or winning? Lost. What came out of the last play of the game? Did you see the halftime stuff? I, when you got down by six and you had a touchdown, or you had a drive going and it stalled, I said, I'm out. I'm tired. Oh, they got the ball back. It was down to fourth and goal. And didn't get it. No. It was – the thing about it is, though, if they would have given that field goal at halftime that we basically should have had, we would have kicked a field goal then and probably just tied the game. And, you know, not saying we would have won. But, but it's a different game. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, appreciate y'all having us. Thanks to One Main for bringing in the show to you guys. Exalted Studios. We out. Peace. Holla. See ya. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear. Brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.